This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So fun to hear, you know, what a, what a beautiful day, you know, just the connections and, and all that. And hopefully we'll feel some of that same connectedness today. Last week we started out this series, you know, slowing down in a fast world. And how do we slow down in a world that just is crazy and just seems to keep going faster and faster? Where, where for many of us, me included, like the solution to the iPhone 6 is going to be the iPhone 7 instead of the iPhone 0. Because we just keep on buying into this faster and faster thing. And boy, it's really tough. You know, it was interesting last week. Uh, you know, some sermons you do and you know people are, what they're going to tell you afterwards. Last week was one of those ones that people were like, I wish my teenager was there. You know, because we all need those reminders, especially those of us who are growing up embedded in this kind of technology. And how is it that we can slow down? What we've been looking at is Bible stories, thousands and thousands of years old, that give us some ideas. Now, granted, they're written for an agrarian culture, a farming culture, but they really have a lot of beautiful lessons for you, me, for us today, and can start a great conversation. Now, the series we're working on has three parts. It's called Slowing Down, Take Less. Last week was Gleaning. I'm going to have you say the first two words there. Number two is... Give more. We're talking about tithing today. And then next week, David Lindrith is going to be leading us in a great service dealing with Sabbath. We've been talking about what the problem is. Like, where's the challenge that we're constantly facing? And if I was to put it in sort of agrarian language, the problem would look just like this. We want to plant to the edges of our fields. So we're constantly planting and planting and planting and planting and planting and planting and planting. I mean, just this morning, you know, I was talking with one of our volunteers and she's like, oh my goodness, Chuck, like I saw the topic and we've had six straight weeks of this, 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 this. And so we haven't been able to come to church, completely understandable, because that's like the world we live in, right? And, and how is it that we can maybe get this? This is really important. Please, please let, allow this to sink in. Because I think a lot of the time we look at this process and we think, okay, how can I manage the process better? Versus maybe this, maybe, just throwing it out there. Maybe redeciding that we need a whole different process. Giving ourselves permission to actually redecide versus just going along with, with a world that seems to be going faster and faster and faster. And I think we all know, you know, how much, what that feels like. Now, I want to I show you a video. And, and the video, I think, gets across of kind of how life has changed in just the past 50 years to where the pace of life is so different. It's a video dealing with car racing. So take a look at this video. Right? And, and you know, like, it's, it's cool. It's, it's really cool in a sense, but it's also, like, mortifying. Right? You know, don't you just love that line where, where like, the announcer goes, and they're out in 67 seconds. Really something else. We, we live like at that pace and the world just keeps getting faster and faster. And how is it that maybe we shift and change? So what we've been looking at is, is again, some of these biblical laws that dealt with how you were to handle your fields and your crops. Everybody back then were farmers. And, and, and how were you to handle it? How was God trying to like get people to slow down, to maybe redecide and decide between what has always feel so urgent and to instead redecide for what's important and what actually matters. 
What I want to do is I want to read to you from, from Deuteronomy. If you're looking at this at home or, or looking at this, you brought a Bible. This is Deuteronomy 26. And this is Moses, and, and, and he's led his, these people, and they're about to go into what's called the promised land. And he said, okay, these are the laws that God really wants you to listen to. And today we're going to listen to the, the law of tithing. When you have entered, and here he's talking to these people out in the desert, when you've entered the land your God has given you, the promised land, as an inheritance, and take possession of it and settle in it. Take some of the first fruits, some of the first fruits, some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land your Lord your God is giving you, and put them in a basket. Then go to the place your Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name, and say to the priest, the clergy there, in office at the time, I declare today to the Lord God that I have come to the Lord, a swore to, our, swore to the land that our forefathers gave to us. And now I bring the first fruits, this first offering of the soil that you, O God, have given me. Place the basket before God, bow down before him, and you and the priests and the foreigners among you, shall, listen to this word here, this is beautiful, shall rejoice, shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord has given you and your household. It's an interesting perspective here, watching how this flow takes place. And, and I, I want to go over it, and I want you to think about like where this might fit in your life. And I'm going to use fruit over here, plastic fruit. So the, the first part that we looked at was, was this idea of, of gleaning. And what, what God said, okay, so you plant your fields, and, and then but the first lots, when we looked at last week, is, is you get to go through, and I, you, I'm going to see who's paying attention. You get to go through and harvest only, only once. Can we say once all together? Once. once. You only get to harvest once. You only get to harvest once. That may sound kind of weird, but, but what God was saying is you have to leave the rest behind for those who are poor and in need. So yeah, you plant, you take care of your crops, you harvest your crops, but then you go through and then you just, and you just you grab what you can in one and then, then you leave the rest behind. And so now you have this, this, this great crop, this abundance that you're holding. And then he says, okay, what I need you to do is I need you to take the very first fruits of that, the very first fruits of that, and I need you to offer that to God and offer it with gratitude. Pretty interesting when you think about how this all goes. And next week with the Sabbath, we're going to look at it. And then he says, I need you to take a day off. This is a story about how we can redecide in our lives. This is a story about how maybe to think about giving differently, how we do things differently, that idea of the, the power that we have to redecide because so much of us, are, so many of us are driven by tensions around this stuff, around our crops and our produce, so to speak. How many of you came here today with at least one money worry that you could conjure up in about two seconds? Right? I hope you're all raising your hand. I can't see any of you, but because you know, even even people who who have a lot, and but it's the management of it that gets really hard. So it's it's a fascinating story. And, and what does this tithing mean? Well, I'm going to offer you a couple of things. 
We don't have a few couple of pieces. The first is some Christians over the centuries and some others have decided, yeah, you know what, there's a financial part of this that I'm literally, yeah, I don't, I don't grow fruit anymore, but, but I do create a paycheck. And so, yeah, I can give 10% back over. That's called a tithe. A lot of churches do tithing. Our church, some people do it, some people don't. But we don't, we don't say you have to do it. We just say, hey, it's a spiritual practice you can choose to do or not. And this is what that kind of spiritual practice does, because I think this is where God's trying to get us to go. And it connects in with last week. He's constantly trying to see us see all of this, not as a possession. We're going to see again a little quiz from last week. Not as a possession, but as a, begins with G, ends with ift, gift, gift. I realize there's somebody going like, wait, what, what was that gift? Gift. He wants us to see this as a gift, you know, and as a gift, he wants us to understand, this is such a key word, he wants us to understand resources as a flow through our life, just a flow. The problem how we see flow, how I see flow, I don't know if you struggle with this, the problem how I see flow is I look at my flow of resources and I think, God, why did he give me a garden hose? You know, I want a firehead. I want lots of resources. So I, so I keep on trying to crank open it more and more and more and get more and more flow going through. I don't know that's necessarily what he's saying. I think he's saying, yeah, you know what? I'm, you're going to have what you're going to have, some with a lot, some with a little. But what I need you to do is, is to continue to give, to understand what that flow can actually look like in your life. And, and here's, here's the miracle part that, that really is amazing to watch. When people focus on giving a certain part, whatever that might be, whatever works for them, it changes your life in terms of a spiritual practice because, see if this makes sense, where your money goes, you go. Where your money goes, you go. Where your money goes, you go. So if I can look at my resources, whatever that might be, and I can say, okay, those resources are going a certain direction. And, and, and I'm going to sort of use those as a marker out here that my life then can follow. And I can put it out here in a way where it's into flow and giving. And a way to celebrate. Listen to that. I mean, that was right in there. It's a way to celebrate with thanksgiving what God has given me. That's the direction my life is going to go. I'm going to understand flow. I'm going to understand giving. I'm going to understand the blessing that can be around it in ways that are so hard to describe. I mean, as a pastor, this is always really awkward to talk about because you, you know that, that internet pastor who was raising money for the Gulfstream jet? You know, probably some of you thought, we're not going to buy a Gulfstream jet here at New Church Live. Not going to happen. You know, uh, you know that, that had such a bad connotation to tithing. Like, ooh. Ooh, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. And so it makes it challenging to even say the words tithing or giving in any way, in any meaningful way. But, but there is a part where to be true to the Bible, we have to understand it is what God's asking us to do. And for some people, it's the church. For some, we have a group working with angels in motion. We have a group with St. Francis. You know, maybe those groups. I don't know. But you need to think. Where my money goes, that's where my life goes. And somehow, if I want to slow down my life, there's a way that I have to learn to see things as a gift 
and allow them to pass through my life in very life-giving ways. This can be such an important spiritual practice as we look with that, as we look at how that works. Because as the band comes out, you know, I want you to think of it, yeah, you know, yeah, we're talking material thing, and, and that's significant. But we're also talking something else. We're also talking something else. We're talking about the gifts that we can bring. Yes, and maybe some of those are financial. But there's other gifts we can bring that are every bit as important. And I think like through both, what God is saying, yeah, our job is to do this and to be prayerful here. Lord, help me to give myself away. Help me to give myself away. There's a freedom there. There's a power there. There's a blessing there as we learn more and more about how to give. How, how is it that we give ourselves away? And when we come back after this song, we're going to look at, yeah, what does that look like? Maybe there's a, another way, too, that we can even flesh out this concept of tithing even more. And as we flesh it out, find a way to slow down our lives by really leveraging where our gifts are. That's a beautiful song. You know, Ray had sent me the note and he said, yeah, Chuck, you know, this, he sent me the, the link. He said, this song is all what New Church Live's about. And I think he's right. I think it's what, what Christianity is about. I think, remember when I said about redeciding? I think it's what redeciding is all about. Because Christianity, religion, faith, spirituality is one of those few things where we can really give ourselves away. And listen to this. This is crazy. This is crazy stuff. We give yourself away and in so doing, find your real self. Find who you actually are and who you were meant to be from all creation and who you will live more and more into through all eternity. See, you look at the slice. You look at the slice. Here God is saying, like, look, I need you to tithe. I need you to give that 10%, that, that precious bit. And, and, and for a lot of us, I think that can come across as, as sort of onerous. What, you want 10%? And, and you can think of it financially, but also think of it with gifts. You know, that, that God's going, yeah, I need you to give what's yours to give. The 10% that you can give really well better than anyone else on this planet. That the, the very thing you were created to do, that's the 10%. See, in that giving, here's some pieces of new church theology around giving, I think, that are so beautifully said. That tithe, that offering, what God, I'm going to have you say the P word really loud, what God wants to preserve in us. See, most of us would say what God wants to take from me. No, it's saying what God wants to preserve in us, a holy part out of which other things grow. That idea of like, here's this, this blessed 10%, and, and that part that we're offering, if we can figure out what that gift is, and I can offer it, that's the part that God wants to preserve. That's cool. That's incredibly powerful. And it brings us into the, the, the very core of Christianity, which is that it is a religion of encounter. I want to say that again. It's a religion of encounter. Encounter with others. Encounter the world. Encounter God. Encounter your true self. Like it's a religion of encounter. And that giving is so much the foundational bedrock of that. That idea of, yeah, I'm to give my 10%. 
And what does that 10% look like? Well, this 10%, folks, here's some other pieces of new church theology. Not the desire to have anything for ourselves, but the heartfelt desire to share with everybody. So I got the 10%. And that part that's a gift, I can share it all over. I can share it freely. It never runs out. And if I was to say, what's the Cliff Notes version? What's the really simple version? If you're going home and you want to tweet or 146 characters, how would I say it? Here you go. Can we say that phrase really loud? Desire to be a blessing. It's the heartfelt desire to be a blessing. Now, there's, there's an interesting part to this, folks. A, you know, a sort of a, an ironic part to it. And I want to sort of ask you to... to be a little bit um, loose in terms of of how you hold this because I'm going to try to flip it a little bit. Look at it from a little bit different angle. If God's asking you to give the 10%, he's asking you, please don't give, what other percentage? Please don't give 90%. Isn't that interesting? Just hold that for a minute. God, I think here is saying, yeah, you know what I want you to do? I want you to give 10%. I'm not asking you to give the other 90%. And and that's the challenge, folks. We can step into something, and some of you will resonate right away with this. We can step into something, it goes well, we feel good about it, so so we try to do it more and more. What happens is that 10% that was a slice like this starts to go, whoop, all guilty. And our 10% becomes 20% becomes 30%, becomes 40%, becomes 50%, becomes we're in the hospital. Because we've just taken on too much. Do you think this shows up for pastors? Absolutely. You want to know where it shows up for me? Like if somebody comes up to me and they're like, oh, Chuck, my son or daughter's getting married. And I'm like, great. Who's doing the wedding? And what I'm hoping they're going to say is they're going to ask you, Do they always ask me? No. But I want to do every wedding in the United States. So I should, right? I think think God's laughing. (laughs) I think God's going like, no, Chuck, I'm going to give you 10%. Because that's the 10% that'll help you come into your true self as you learn to truly give yourself away in that 10%. Folks, just look. I mean, do we, have, do we have an incredible band? You know, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful stuff. All these people do different things. You know, you have keyboard, right? That's, that's one thing. And, and you have singing and you have people like Murray and Rebecca. I don't know how they do what they do. You have Ray, who's great at what he does. You have Bob, who has never not smiled in his life. You, you have, have Ed back here and over there and he's just all happy and you have Jim doing drum things and you have Brian who's like one of the best guitarists in the universe. You have all these people, you know, and I, I realize I'm missing somebody, just like all this great, oh, Jed with a second. You got all these people, right? But you see they're each doing their bit. Imagine how silly, how silly, silly the band would sound if Ray being the band director in the middle of, of, that last, of that last song, said, Ray, I need to sing your part too. Just step back. Or Marcus, you know what? I, I, I'll take that part too. We, we, can't, we can't do that in our lives. 
we have to be aware then. What is our 10%? Like, like let's really think about what is ours to give. The 10% is what we have. And I'd make a note on this on your phone, by the way. The 10% is what we have. The 90% is what we want to have. And I think in this weird way, God sort of focuses us in on this 10%, this sort of a life process. And then we're able to truly give completely. See if this makes sense. In crazy God math. We're able to give 100% because we get, we only have 10% of the job. That makes sense? We're able to give 100% because we get, we only have 10% of the job. And how do we live into that fully and completely to be a blessing? See, what I would argue, if we go back to the pie chart here, you know, that other 90% that we oftentimes try to take over, and oftentimes, to use stockbroker speak, it's, 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 a, it's a deliberate takeover. It's a hostile takeover. If we try to do that, that other 90% is really based on our own self-esteem needs, not on the needs of others. We're not doing that other 90% because we somehow feel that that will better serve people. We're doing that 90% because somehow we think it will feed our own needs. Do you see where that will actually speed your life up if you believe your job is the whole pie? Do you see that? And I think for a lot of us, start out very well-intentioned. I'm really speaking to myself here. And we slowly allow sort of mission creep to take place. And it makes our lives more and more frenetic. And so we just try to do more and more and more and more. That's our solution to being frenetic is to do more. I hope you realize how crazy that is. How it's a complete non sequitur. It doesn't follow. What God wants, he wants you to tithe. He wants you to take 10%, however that shows up for you, and turn it over. And those gifts will look very different for different people. But, but really find the disciplined ways to turn it over. And find the, 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 find the gratitude in that. Like the gratitude in that. The gra- ready, folks? The gratitude. The gratitude that you have 10% to give. That's beautiful. Find it. Leverage New Church Live to find it. Challenge me to help you find it. I'm great at volunteering people. You know, do it. Find what makes you come alive. The glory of God is this. Aaron said this. The glory of God, the glory of God is the person. Listen to these words. The glory of God is the person fully alive. The glory, of, that's written like 200, beautiful stuff. 200 AD, somebody really got it. The glory of God is the person fully alive. And that is you. Alive in that 10% that is yours to give. And that little voice in you right now, I'm sure there's some of you right now that are going, Chuck, I have never felt I had anything to live. That's the garbage to get rid of. Throw that out. That's bad vegetables. Get rid of that stuff. That's not true. If you are breathing, you have 10% to give. If you are breathing, you have 
10% to give. And it's not oftentimes big and fancy and over the top, like the 10% I have to give is I'm going to win the Cy Young Award this year. You know, it's not going to be true. Maybe your 10% is very plain. Take a look at this video. Maybe as plain as just donating blood. On the surface, James Harrison is just an average guy. He loves his daughter and grandchildren. He collects stamps, goes for walks near his home on Australia's central coast. But it's what's under the surface that makes James extraordinary. Uh, I got nicknamed the man with a golden arm. Specifically, it's what's flowing in his veins. James's golden arm, his right arm to be exact, from which he's donated blood nearly every week for the past 60 years. Well, in 1951, I had a chest operation, which they removed the lung. And uh, they said that I'd had 13 units of blood and my life had been saved by unknown people. At that time, you had to be 18 to donate blood in Australia. Not long after James became a donor, doctors called him with an idea. His blood, they said, could be the answer to a baffling problem in Australia. In Australia, up until about 1967, um, there are literally thousands of babies dying uh, each year, and doctors didn't know why. Um, and it was awful. There were women who were having numerous miscarriages, and babies were being born um, with brain damage. Uh, researchers discovered anti-D, um, and then James was discovered to have this antibody in his blood, which was amazing. It's called rhesus disease a condition where a pregnant woman's blood actually starts attacking her unborn baby's blood cells. In the worst case, it can result in brain damage or death for the babies. Australia was one of the first countries um, to discover a blood donor uh, with this antibody. Um, so it was quite revolutionary at the time. James has effectively helped babies in Australia, but he's helped you know, babies all around the world. James worked with doctors to develop a vaccine using the antibodies in his blood. Today I'll be making my 1,101 donation. At the donor center, James's plasma is separated from the red blood cells. He gets those back. And the plasma heads off to become the vaccine. It's really very easy for him to do. Um, and he does, certainly doesn't see it as anything big. Um, and that's the other rare thing about James. Uh, he thinks his donations are the same as anybody else's. Um, he doesn't think he's remarkable. His blood is precious. In his home country, James is considered a national hero, but he doesn't see it that way. It becomes quite humbling when they say, oh, you've done this or you've done that, uh, or you're a hero. No, no, no. I said, it's something I can do. You know, it's one of my talents, probably my only talent, is that I can be a blood donor. But it is a big deal. James and his vaccine are credited with saving the lives of more than two million babies. That's according to the Australian Red Cross Blood Service. Yes, two million lives saved by one man's blood. Every batch of anti-D um, that has ever been made in Australia has come from James's blood. And more than 17% of women in Australia are at risk. So James has helped save a lot of lives.
so outside of the really cool Australian accent, wasn't that a cool video? And, and I want to draw attention to some things. Uh, did anybody pick up, how many times has he donated blood when this was, when this was done? 1,101. That is amazing. I think I've done it four times. And it, it was interesting, you know, the interview goes on, it's a much longer interview, and he said the one thing he's never done is, is he's so squeamish he can't watch them put the needle in. A thousand times he's still not over watching that. And then at the end of this video, listen to this, he meets a child that his blood saved. Pretty cool. Does this guy think he's a hero? No. He's just, says he said, you know, he's just doing his bit. He said, look, this is, my, this is my only thing I have to give. This is my only talent, I think, is I can give blood. What a beautiful tithe. Beautiful tithe. See, and there's, there's kind of like two tiers of it, right? Like a tithe is giving your life blood. It's giving what brings you life. And giving that willingly to other people. You can't get what you're not willing to give. It's a powerful lesson. So I think we need to think about it on two tracks. Some people might be called to do the actual fiscal tithing, and I'd be glad to talk with you about that. It actually is a very powerful spiritual practice that does change you spiritually. I have definitely found that to be true myself. And if you're really interested in having the conversation around, yeah, what, is, what does it look to, to tie these gifts? Like, what could that look like? You know, head over to Sunroom over at the office. Grab Rita's first, of course, and a pretzel, but then head over. And, and, and get into a conversation around it. Think about what that could be. I want to close with a question, and the internet audience can text this in to me. Uh, those of you who are here, you can share this. So we go out of here with a clear takeaway to take through the week, and that's this question. What first fruits might you offer this week? A peace-filled offering. I'm going to have you say the L word. A peace-filled offering of what you love, what you love to give. Don't think it has to be fancy. Just commit to one thing this week. All right, so take 60 seconds, share it with a neighbor. If you're online, please text it into me. What's yours to give this week? Please share. Just some real, some real basic, beautiful ones. I listen to another addict. That's a beautiful one. I find some place to offer my voice in song. I miss not singing for others to hear. I'm not being true to my gift. Those are just a couple of, of many examples, you know, and really thinking about what can our commitment be this week, you know, to, to really figure out a way to do that beautifully and powerfully, because that 10% is yours to give. So let's commit this week to giving it and seeing in that gift this crazy paradox as a way to actually slow our life down, to redecide about the kind of pace we're going to live with. Thank you for being here today. Great to see all you folks. And I'm going to close here with a prayer. I'm going to offer a prayer. You'll have the opportunity to say the Lord's Prayer as you know it silently or to just simply offer your own silent prayer 
when I am finished. And then we're going to end up with a rousing number. So let's, uh, because we're going to end up with a rousing number, let's actually stand up to, to pray at the end here and get a little loose. All right? Lord, help us. Help us to really become more and more aware of what is ours to give. Knowing that as we give, it's how we receive. And, and, and this very simple mantra, this very simple mantra to live. Be a blessing. Be a blessing, Lord, to those in our, in our immediate circles, friends, family, loved ones. Be a blessing to the communities where we find ourselves. Be a blessing to the churches where we worship. Be a blessing to the nation that we live in. Be a blessing. Help us, Lord, to figure that out. Help us, Lord, to contract in those areas where we need to pull back, need to pull back so that others can shine, so that others have a voice, so that others can find their 10% too. And allow us, Lord, to live fully, fully and completely and passionately in the 10% of the work that we are given to give. For what we are given to give is what we are given to gift. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 